at night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk. I'm Forrest Collins, founder of the 52 Martinis Cocktail site, and I'm here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch drinks and food news from France. So, love them or love to loathe them, best of lists always get a lot of attention. Um, I personally think best of lists have their place. I think they're fun. They're interesting. They're a good jumping off point for discussion, exploration, and um, and one of the lists that many of my cocktail-loving listeners will be familiar with is the World's 50 Best Bars list. So I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that, and this month I've invited Mark Sampson onto the show, and we're going to dig a little deeper into the topic. So Mark is the content editor for the World's 50 Best Bars, as well as the World's 50 Best Restaurants. He joined the team in April 2019 after five years as, years as editor of the gastronomic travel magazine Food and Travel. And before that, he was food and drink editor on Men's Health and news editor at London's Square Meal. So clearly we're talking to somebody who's got some credibility when it comes to eating and drinking. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Forrest. Did I miss anything in your bio that the, the, <laughs> the listeners should know? No, no, I think that was that was pretty thorough. When you when you look back at these things, you you wonder where all the time's gone. Uh, no kidding, right? Well, at least you, you look back and, and you've got something good to look back on. You know, <laughs> you know it, it would suck to be one of these people who looks back and goes, "Oh, where's all the time gone?" And I don't have anything to to show for it. So, so it looks like you've made you know you've made productive use of that time that's passing. Well, I so. don't know if you look at look at some of my copy from the early years. I'd, I'd probably <laughs> probably wouldn't agree with you. <laughs> well, we all have to. You know, we all start somewhere. So Absolutely. you know. Okay, um, so I'm going to kind of jump into it. Basically, I think the biggest question on most people's mind with the world 50, world's 50 best bars, and for any listeners who aren't familiar with it, it's a pretty self-explanatory. The title pretty much explains it all. It's the world's 50 best bars. So there's actually, the list comes up to 100, but we can talk about that later. Um, it's the top bars globally, judged globally. Um, but I think that most people, they really want to know kind of how is the sausage made? Like who decides this? How is it done in a fair way? Um, me personally, I, I've seen the world's 50 best bars methods evolve over the years. So I think that really reflects a willingness to, to tweak for continual improvement. So I've got a lot of respect for that, but, um, but I'm hoping you can really share right now with the listeners what the current means are for compiling the list. Yeah, I think you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head by saying that we look to, we look to try and evolve with, uh, with the hospitality sector on the whole. Um, we, as, as, 50, as the world's 50 best bars, we try and keep it as the, the voting structure and the, the, way that the, votes are, the way the votes are brought to the industry as quite similar to the, to the world's 50 best restaurants, which is obviously is, is slightly, slightly older than the world's 50 best bars and, and has been really, really successful. So in terms of how the sausage is made, um, this year we've made quite a few quite a few changes. We have we now have 23 regions in the world. We've devolved, uh, we've devolved lots of separate different regions in and across Europe. We've now got um, five in North America, three in South America, uh, one in Asia. We've got for the first time uh, three academy chairs in Africa, which we're really excited about. And hopefully they will start be seeing, uh, start seeing some more of the great bars in Africa on our on our list very soon, but yeah, we we each of those 
each of those 23 territories had an, has an academy chair and they select a panel of um, a, a range of people. They can either be drinks journalists, um, cocktail aficionados, people who, who travel the world in search of the best drinks, bartenders and bar owners. And we ask for an equal split of those people to get as a, a sort of broader remit of bars in their region as possible. Now, all of those, all of the voters and this year for the World's 50 Best Bars 2020, we've got a, an academy of 540 voters. They're all asked to provide seven votes. Now, four of those votes can come from their home territory, uh, but three have to come from outside outside the country of origin. Apart from in in, in North America, where where we just ask the the voters to vote from outside their state, and that's a new thing for this year, which we which we kind of pivoted to to allow because people in America just haven't been able to haven't been able to to travel for uh, for a little while. Um, but yeah, we, we we try to we try to keep we make as many changes as we can, and that to. That we believe are necessary to reflect the ever-evolving nature of the wonderful bars industry. Great, and I, there's a couple of things you said that I'm very excited about. I'm excited to hear about the um, the um, regions covered in in Africa. I think that'll be really interesting to see what happens there, and um, also the fact that the uh, members in the U.S. are voting just outside of well, maybe I don't know if they're voting. Are they allowed to vote outside of the states? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if, they've yeah. Been but, if they've been fortunate enough to be able to, to travel, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think given the size of the states, that's very exciting. And also, just for full disclosure for the listeners, um, I am the chair for the Academy for France. So just throwing that out there that this isn't just a completely um, random thing for me as well. So, okay. So um, with that, I know that you have gone for this year a, an equal gender split for men and women, 50-50, for the voting panels, which I also really support. Did you notice, um, you know, voting happened pretty recently. Did you notice any any changes as a result of that? Or maybe it's too early to tell? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, we've just received um, the audited lo- uh, list from Deloitte, and I, I'd rather not get into the specifics of, of how it's reading um i'm sure i'm sure you can appreciate that we don't want to course, we don't want to yeah. let anything out, let, let anything out this just yet but um but yeah we we decided to to go 50 50 in terms of male female voters uh in october last year uh and, and we to bring it in line with what we do with with the world's 50 best restaurants which is which has had uh, a 50 50 voting academy for the for the past three or four years um so i mean hospitality and, and particularly bars it's one of the one of the most inclusive progressive industries in in the world so i mean by by making the academy 50 50 it just seemed like an obvious next step for us yeah and uh, as i said I, i'm very uh i i fully support that i think that's a great move um, now, there are other lists and there's other awards for bars and for restaurants. What is it that you think that makes the world's 50 best bars list stand out from the others? Cool. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think let's take it back to the ideology of the list and where we where we look to where we look to start from. So our our sole aim really is to provide the, the best and most authoritative list of, of, of bars for the consumer to find anywhere in the world. So I know, even though people aren't aren't traveling as much at the moment, we, we, we certainly hope that, that that situation remedies itself relatively soon. But yeah, we, we start from the, the remit of wanting to provide a really li- a really secure list of, of sh- assured bars 
where you know you can go anywhere in the world. Say you're going to, you're heading to Paris, for example. I want to want to know that the bar that I pick for my one night in Paris is going to be the the very best bar that it, that it can possibly be. And the authority comes sort of through in the in in the academy chairs, like uh, like like yourself, Forrest. You've obviously got huge experience in the in the in the French cocktail sector and 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 drink drinks and brands as a whole. So we we put a lot of trust in our um, in our academy chairs to put together a panel which best reflects the industry at home so i mean if 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 you were going to going to a new city you'd probably ask a, a bartender friend to, to to recommend you their favorite bar there by sort of aggregating all of those bartenders cocktail aficionados drinks writers into one academy we can be we can be relatively assured that their votes are going to be as good as a recommendation you might receive from your trusted friend in that particular city I think that makes sense. I think that kind of also sums up my feeling about it. Um, one other thing that I think for me that is a, maybe a little bit different than some other cocktail awards uh, or lists that you might look at is is it's a pretty straightforward list of bars that you don't go into detail on. This bar is the best for um, service or this bar has the best menus or this bar, you know, it's it's kind of just a straightforward list. And I really appreciate that, too, that it doesn't get too fiddly. Um, so anyway, it's just my thought on it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's... It, we, Again, our list is is, is solely fo- predominantly focused at the consumer to give them the to give them the the best list of bars for them to go to. I think other other lists do a fantastic job, but are, are more focused on B two B and the trade, which is which is what the their way of operating, which is which is great in its own right. Yeah, I think there's I think there's room for I think there's room for multiple different kinds of I guess lists. Um, so, in your experience or your opinion, what do you think it means to a bar once they figure on the list? How how big of an impact does this make for them? I think it, it really is huge, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, we we haven't we have a number of conversations with 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 bars when they when they are on the list, as as opposed when they when they weren't, or if they if it's a new bar that's come into the list for the first time. We hear that, I mean, as as a direct influence on turnover, we've we've heard stories that it's it's sort of it's times twenty in terms of turnover in a year. We've heard of sort of million million dollar sums being added to being added to annual turnover. Oh. It's um, it, it can be it can really really make a bar, um, but of course, I mean, they they wouldn't they wouldn't be in that position unless they were unless they were a wonderful bar to start with offering offering every everything that that somebody wants from a bar experience so i mean they're, they're obviously well deserving to be there to earn the votes of of the academy um so yeah so it's it, it can be it can be a huge a huge bonus for for any bar to be in the list because i mean the the numbers that we get that we get on our website with people visiting from from all over the world to find out which is the the best bar in, in france for example uh, and those kind, those stats, and those people looking at the looking at the bars clearly reflects re- reflects straight to bookings, which is which is really nice to see. And to be able to support the bars business is uh, is what we're all about. Yeah, I think I think that's that makes sense. I mean, I would probably end up at a lot of the bars that are on the list just in the in general, you know, travels and people I know and people I'm talking to. But when I think about it in terms of the world's 50 best restaurants list, it is definitely a reference that I go to when I'm traveling someplace new just to kind of think, hmm, is there some kind of a destination restaurant that I might be, you know, interested in checking out here so I can see how that would translate to the bars as well. Um now, uh, I hate to say negative things, but, you know, sometimes best of lists get a bad rap and people kind of feel like, well, people have sometimes not very positive feelings about them. Do you do you get any kind of criticism? If you do, do you feel comfortable sharing that with the listeners? Like what kind of criticisms might be leveled at the list and how will you respond to them if you do? Oh, I, mean, I, I mean, any sort of list 
has uh, has as an avenue for criticism. I think, to be honest, I mean, is there is if you ask me personally, is there the, the very very best work, best bar in the world? I mean, there's there's lots of different good bars for for different situations. For example, I mean the the huge range of bars which uh, which have topped our list over the years is is a is a pure indication of, of how somebody what might construe one thing to be to be the best one year and one thing to be the best the next. I mean, if you look at uh, the current world's the world's best bar sponsored by Perrier uh, Dante, it's uh, it's a relatively relatively chilled laid back aperitivo bar in in, in New York and. Uh, how that was voted to be to be number one is just a clear indication of the of the voting's palette and appetite at that time in terms of in terms of broader criticisms i, I think that one's the probably the main one that, that's leveled at us is that how can you call something the the best bar uh, in the world when there's when there's a bar for every occasion and i'd, I'd completely agree with that but i think the way that the, the the academy aggregates the votes of everyone across the world it's the it's the fairest way of saying uh, this is the this this is the best bar in the world for for this year and this moment in time yeah, uh, and I also think um, when the lists come out on the site, on the list, there's also kind of a write-up. So as people are going through to look, they can, before they, I guess, venture into one of these bars on the list, they also have an idea of, of what the bar is about. So I think that's helpful um, for you know people potentially using the list. Um, now, here on Paris Cocktail Talk, obviously, we, we like to kind of uh, look at things and how they relate to France and the cocktail scene here. Uh, have you noticed any general differences in how France's bar figure on the list versus other countries or, or I don't know, maybe Europe versus um, countries outside, regions outside of Europe and maybe not? Yeah. But- I mean, yeah, for sure. I think, I think bar culture in, in, in France is, is very different to the, the rest of Europe and indeed the, the, the rest of the world. I mean, uh, the way bistro culture and terrace culture is is sort of established in France is uh, is very much its own thing and quite idiosyncratic compared to compared to the rest of the world. Um, I, th- I certainly think that the, the sophistication of the palate in in France and Parisians in particular really really does really does come through. And and certainly craft cocktail bars. I mean, Little Red Door is uh, is obviously one of the great bars in in Paris, which uh, which seems to perform well on the world's fifty best bars list year after year. And speaking to to Rory Shepard. Who, who sort of heads up the, the the group there, the Bonhomie group there? He um, he noted that after after the period of, of con- con- confinement we all, we all ha- we've all had recently, he's uh, he's really had the opportunity to get to know the locals um, and Parisian locals who they probably weren't prepared to queue for hours round the block um, waiting to to get into a cocktail bar to, to sample a drink, but since um, since 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 there were far less international travel he's noticing a lot more local regulars coming into coming into the bar and and they're really enjoying the drinks off the menu he i think he designed a sort of spritz and lighter menu to, for the terrace but the the parisians didn't want those drinks they wanted to sample the uh, the craft cocktails that they're really becoming coming known for at little red door but they just perhaps weren't prepared to queue with a load of brits and aussies and new yorkers to okay. to get them yeah well i think that um that shows something that i you know, I, I did a few did a few specials on COVID and how it was affecting uh, bars and restaurants in Paris, and and I do think while it was it was very heavy and and obviously caused a lot of problems, there were a few sort of you know a few little silver linings, a few positive things to come out of it. So I'm glad that locals that might not have given it a chance got a chance to get into Little Red Door because it's also a bar that I'm a big fan of, and and um, I think their current menu is is also very interesting. It was actually one of the one of the last bars I went into before the lockdown here so um so listeners I will put a link to that bar in the show notes so you can check it out if you have if you haven't already 
Um, all right. So you were the content manager for the, the, also for the 50 best restaurants list. Now, besides the obvious difference, one is restaurants, one is bars. Are there any other interesting differences between the two lists that you can share in terms of your impression on what kind of establishments end up on them or how they're compiled or I guess any other differences or similarities between the two lists? Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think the the one key similarity that uh, that sort of brings brings bars and restaurants to both lists. Uh, look, there's there's absolutely tens of thousands of wonderful restaurants and bars out there, but what really sort of seems to set a restaurant or bar above its peers in its locale is the is the quality of service. Um, and I think there are a huge number of similarities between the way uh, a, a well run, well managed. Uh, a cocktail bar with a good service structure is with a restaurant and, and it's maitre d i mean lots of lots of cocktail bars will have a host or a server who, whose pure job is to is to welcome people into the into the hospitality venue uh, and services is, is is absolutely key in sort of setting setting a great restaurant or a bar uh, above its peers so i think service is is certainly one of the one of the key similarities but where one of the differences is is just is the difference in scale of operation now on the the world's 50 best bars list we we, we we've got a number of spaces which might only have two members of staff uh the two bartenders mixing amazing drinks until three o'clock in the morning to a crowd of sort of 50 or 60 people now with with the world's best restaurants that that tends not to be the case they're generally far larger operations with with huge staffs uh everyone from from front of house to back of house to pr teams to marketing managers to, to gms whereas cocktail bars i mean they, they can be a little bit more transient it's uh, it's generally a couple of people who, who, are, who are doing it for the for the love and the creativity and the passion that they that they feel towards serving great drinks. So yeah, I think there's there are plenty of similarities and obviously differences. But I think where you can where you can tell a quality venue from another uh, all comes down to service for me. I think I absolutely agree. I think service is, is a key element. Um, but what you're saying also kind of makes me think. So um, uh, the oh, sorry, I'm kind of thinking and talking at the same time. But the 50 best restaurant list was established before the bars list. And, you know, I do think that the it, it's been going on for a few decades now, but not globally, this resurgence of co- kind of the craft cult cocktail culture. So, um, you know, I'm wondering if like down the line, we're going to see that changing for the bar list that it's not going to be, you know, sort of such a range, but it will kind of, I, I don't know, kind of mirror a little bit more the same established kind of establishments that you have. And the restaurant list, maybe not, but it also makes me kind of, it takes me on to my next question, which is, if we're going to start seeing kind of a bleeding between the two, because there's so many bars with um, that are having kind of good f- food programs and definitely restaurants that are really upping their kind of cocktail and their drinks programs. So now for me, sometimes it's almost getting hard to kind of tell the difference. You know, there's there's places here that is it a bar or is it a restaurant? So back to I'm not keep I don't mean to keep trying talking about the Bonami group from Little Red Door, but also their their restaurant slash bar, the Bon Ami. Do you call it a restaurant? Do you call it a bar? So what do you think about that? I mean, is there, uh, will these always kind of remain the same or can you, can you have a restaurant that features on the best 50 if it doesn't have a great bar program? I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, really, really interesting area of the hospitality sector on the whole. To be honest with you, it's, um, you're, you're absolutely right in, in observing that, that bars are taking their 
their food program very, very seriously indeed. And um, whether whether a bar calls itself a, a, a bar with food or a, a restaurant with, with great drinks, we're seeing it all over the all over the world. To be honest with you, and particularly in in Asia, there's uh, there's a wonderful bar slash restaurant which is um, which is called Eight and a Half Otto Emetsi Bombana, which is uh, which is a wonderful, really really good restaurant. But it's also got uh, a bar out the front of the same name, which has which has made the Asia's 50 best bars list, and it's uh, and its sister restaurant of the same name. Obviously, it's uh, that's now well established in, in the list as well. So it's it's certainly possible, and as proved in Asia's 50 best bars, that a bar and restaurant operating from the same address can exist on the same space and in two lists. So I'd be very very excited to see the uh, the world's 50 best restaurant list and the world's 50 best bars list with the same venue operated by a bar team and a, a restaurant team to be uh, coexist on the same list. I think that would be really exciting. But but certainly I think um, an area of the industry which which I'm, I'm I'm very excited about and which is in its really sort of fledgling stage is the is sort of cocktail with food pairing menus. I mean we've we've been familiar with with wine pairing menus in restaurants for for a long long time now. But I think where there's where there's real sort of traction starting is in the is in menus which bespoke design cocktails to pair with food and that sort of chimes with the the trend for low ABV drinks across the world. I mean nobody wants to nobody wants to drink uh, three sort of three Negronis or, or three or three odd fashions or even more as through the course of through the course of a meal but that you can sort of mix the mix the strength of the serve throughout the throughout the menu um which which i think is going to really going to grow in stature in the in the next few years yeah i agree with that i feel like we've seen a few little kind of uh, fits and starts of that in paris and i think that it will continue to evolve not just here in france but but globally i think it's there's a lot of potential there so i'm also excited to see what happens mm-hmm. with that um, now, uh, we touched on it lightly, COVID, um, it, you know, kind of its impact, we were talking about Little Red Door and not so many, you know, foreigner or visitors coming in, expats. I know it had an impact on the world's 50 best this year. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit for the listeners? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly had an impact on on the way we're sort of approaching the list this year. But obviously, the, the main thing we're we're looking to do at the moment is is to support the the bars in our ecosystem as much as as we possibly can, whether that's from from positive PR to um, to an actual financial stimulus, which uh, we we launched the the world's uh, well the 50 best for recovery project, which uh, which has been running since March. Uh, and part of that, we, we we created a cookbook which featured, which was called Home Comforts, um, simple lockdown recipes from the world's best chefs and bartenders, which is which is still available to buy for for eight pounds or about about sort of 10 euro um, from our from our website the the world's from our website the world's 50 best.com it's on the on the homepage and you can buy and, and 100% of those funds will be donated to the to the 50 best for recovery fund which will subsequently go to in the form of grants to uh, hospitality venues all over the world and we also we also ran a bid for recovery auction back in June, where we were really, really, really pleased to amass a great total uh, of everything combined for $1.25 million, wow. which we are in the process of distributing at the moment. It's been, uh, it's been really quite gratifying to, to, be able to, to be able to distribute the money back to bars in the form of, in the form of grants. Most of those uh, will come in the form of sort of $5,000 grants, which we, which we admit won't, won't change the world, but it might be the difference between opening and closing or paying a, paying a couple of months' salary for, for the staff and anything that we can do to to help keep those hospitality venues open is is completely what we're about this year 
Yeah, I mean, I was watching on the um, on the site for the fifty best recovery. There were some really amazing things to you know. I, I wished I could have afforded to bid for some of those things. Great, great things up there. But the um, yeah, the book looks the cookbook looks really cool as well. And I will put a link to that for the listeners to go and check out because I think it's worth it's worth um, investing in. Now, um, because of COVID. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen. You know, usually in September, or October, there's a really fun award ceremony um, where the winning bars are announced. And I'm assuming that's a no go this year. So do you have more information on that? Like, will the bars be announced? Where where will they be announced? How will they be announced? What's for sure? What's yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as you quite, quite rightly observed, it's, it's very unlikely. Well, next to impossible to run a live event this year particularly where we where we have visitors from sort of 30 to 35 countries so um i can tell you now that we will be we will be announcing a list of the world's 50 best bars 2020 and that will come in the form of a virtual ceremony slash countdown so we did we did a virtual ceremony for asia's 50 best bars back in back in may which was which was as much of a success as it could be for uh, for an online event um but we will be announcing more details details about that on uh, the 9th of September. Um, that won't be the date when the list is revealed, but we will we will announce a, a full a full suite of information about when the uh, when the list will be announced as a virtual as part of a virtual ceremony and uh, some pre-announced as well uh, pre-announced awards as well to to build up a bit of tension ahead of the the big reveal. Oh, good. I'm very, I'm very excited to hear about that. Um, is that something that when you say it's going to be a virtual event, like normally the awards ceremony is a closed event. If it's virtual, does that mean it's open to all of the public or is it just to the Academy or you don't know at this point? Oh, absolutely. We're, um, we're looking to get as many people, uh, as many people involved watching as, as is humanly possible. So yeah, it will be completely, uh, completely open and open event with, with uh, a good marketing campaign behind it, sort of in Europe, uh, Asia, um, Australasia and, and America, obviously. So yeah, we want as many many eyes on it as as, as we can. I mean, I've, I've just just come off uh, just come off another call actually looking at the role of the bartender and how in the, with with a with a PR with a PR team in the states and they they're saying that, that they really look looking to to build up the status of the bartender to um, to what they deserve as it's a noble art and I think for in in many many parts of the world particularly well I can speak from experience in the in the UK and and then I was obviously uh, speaking to the guys in the in the states it's it's a real craft and an art and it needs to be it needs to be celebrated and then the way we can we can help people recognize the skills behind what it takes to become a great bartender is to, to sort of opening up to the to a wider public and certainly this year uh the world's 50 best bars event we will, we will do everything we can to show the the great skills of these these guys and girls who are working behind the bar and doing great things all over the world well i'm glad to hear that and i'm looking forward to the virtual event and also for listeners once i have any details on that i'll put that on my out on my social feeds as well in case anybody listening wants to make sure so they can tune in and see which bars all over the world made the list. So um, is there anything else I've missed that you maybe want to add about the list before we wrap up and, and I ask you to share your cocktail? I, I think I think you've covered it pretty thoroughly there, Forrest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, yeah, we're looking forward, looking forward to the, to the future and uh, new developments for the list. That's uh, and hope that we can all start traveling again to, to start visiting our, our favorite bars. Well, I certainly hope I can start traveling again. I mean, you know, I, I love to travel. I love to visit bars in different places. And so, you know, I've gotten kind of antsy sitting still for so many months. And um, yeah, I think that, well, you know, we'll cross our fingers. We'll see what happens. But, you know, one thing that I do kind of have, um, like, 
I guess, positive feelings about is obviously world's 50 best bars has shown themselves to be, as we talked about, able to sort of like um, change course to make sure they're always sort of like tweaking things to be, you know, to, to represent as best as they can. So I have faith that, that, you know, you'll be able to come through this as well. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a rocky road, but, but you've proven yourself to be agile so far. So I think that bodes well. Oh, thank you very much. It's um, yeah, we're we're just here to to shine the spotlight on the excellent bartenders and bars. So it's uh, if we can do that, and the, the more the more sort of mediums we can have to to celebrate them, the better. Very good. And well, I guess speaking of bartenders, bars, cocktails, and all of that, um, I think that maybe you brought a cocktail along for our cocktail <laughs> of the month to share with the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, got, I've, I've, well, I've got to be honest with you. I'm uh, I'm less au fait with making cocktails as I am drinking them. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> okay. uh, and my my, uh, my home back bar isn't 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 that well stocked. But the uh, the cocktail I, I actually tend turn to is uh, is is a recipe from a, a good friend of mine, Anna Sebastian, uh, who's uh, who's bar manager at the Artesian in uh, in London, which is which is a wonderful wonderful bar, which four time winner of the world's best best bar. Um, uh, and yeah, she she shared with me very kindly her recipe for a Negroni, which is very very simple to make. It's, oh, I love um, it. It's, okay. 50, <laughs> it's strong and it's simple, much like me. Uh, it's uh, it's fifty mil uh, fifty mil gin, fifty mil fifty mil Campari, and fifty mil vermouth um, stirred to make it so cold that your teeth itch, and then uh, topped with a couple of dashes of bitters and uh, and an orange orange slice. I think that is an excellent choice. Um, I especially think it's excellent because it's going to be easy for listeners at home. They will probably have most of those ingredients on hand so they can just listen to this and go immediately make themselves a Negroni and they can know that it came from the recipe came from the excellent bar, the Artesian. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you really very much for taking the time to, to talk to me about the list today. Much appreciated. No, thank you for having me on Forrest. Real pleasure. And I will say that's a wrap for this month's episode. Um, come back next month. We will be interviewing Alex Mermiot of Christian Drouin. Uh, we're going to learn about Calvados from him. And uh, if you're looking for more cocktails and drinks between shows, you can head to our site, 52martinis.com. Uh, we just gave it a little facelift as well. Uh, if you'd like to carry me around in your pocket, you can download our iOS app, Paris Cocktails. It's a guide to all the best cocktail bars in Paris. As always, thank you to, to today's guest and thank you to you listeners for tuning in or downloading. Additional thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production and to Sun Little for the music we use. We will put links to all of these people and other things mentioned in the podcast in our show notes. And as usual, we remind you to drink responsibly. And one last little request, if you like what we're doing, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and um, and give us a review because it helps me know that I'm not just talking to myself and, um, and it helps other people to discover the show as well. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And until next time, cheers. In the world.